When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Cicerino back for the Amazing Race 33 finale recap. The Amazing Race 33 is empty like a pinata husk, but we are here now to scoop up all the pieces off of the ground and talk about what we just saw. Congratulations to the winners of the Amazing Race 33. It's Penn and Kim, who ran a fantastic race. Uh, We'll talk about the final two legs here today with our Amazing Race panel first Joining us, uh, a woman who I think must be beaming today to see her her faves come out on top. Here's Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you? Doing great, Rob. I stand a couple of legends. They are. I called. I called my shot. They're the winners. You and- said in the preseason, I am going to aggressively stand the mm-hmm. Holderness family, and uh, I think maybe you might have sealed the deal for them, Jess. I think it was my retroactive, aggressive standing energy. Mm-hmm. Actually, Rob, no, we can take a little bit of credit for this. Yes. The three of us, we can take some credit for this because we got it straight from their mouths that they listened to our podcasts well before they were cast and used our material as study material before they went on the sure. race. Uh, so- they didn't really say like uh, any place where it paid dividends, uh, but we were well, along for- We didn't screw it up. We didn't give them bad advice. Okay. We did not. We're not the reason they got eliminated early. <laughs> right. But honestly, like what kind of, I, I was bad at asking them questions because I was, I was standing a little too hard, but mm-hmm. I was definitely not going to go ahead and ask them like, okay, name one thing we told you. Enough that about was helpful you. What about you? us? Yes. Come on. <laughs> come on. Uh, as uh, Jess is alluding to, uh, we have uh, an amazing race exit interview podcast interviews uh, with all the top four teams up on robinswebsite.com and on our YouTube channel as well. If you want to view them and let's bring in a man who had his own interviews with the top four, of course, from parade.com in uh, in everyday street clothes. Here is Mike Bloom. Yes, I am rocking the baby blue, of course, in honor of the Holder's family. Oh, crap. I got some Savlaki on this. You mind if I change for a hot second? He tricked us. He tricked us. We thought he was wearing normal clothes. His camera was on. And now, quick I'm change. my Christmas jammies. Dab, dab, dab. Whoa. Do the robot. Eh, eh, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Yes! Content creators supported content creators. Congratulations to Kim and Penn. Smash that subscribe button, fam. Yeah. Here, let me do some Foley. 
Yeah. Oh, that was them shattering the age ceiling because they're the oldest winners of all time. Yeah. Sorry. Now, what's the difference between Foley and just like a soundboard from a radio station? <laughs> Foley would be great if I had like a whole like a uh, box of like uh, like uh, sound effects that I just like uh, like a like a cowbell and then like yeah. uh, <laughs> like a bag of chips that I was just like. <laughs> yeah, oh, so you were a hoarder. Metal. Yeah. Metal oh, it's raining. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is that thunder? Yeah. That would be great. Uh, that's what they used to do back in the old days of podcasting. Yeah, back in the days of, of radio plays. That's how the <laughs> maybe that should have been like that would have been your five holes. Like, okay, recreate yeah. the Lone Ranger ba- back on the, the the first podcast in the thirties and forties. Uh, that's how they used to do it. Okay, yeah, those were FDR's fireside chats were the earliest podcasts. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so uh, here we are to talk about it, uh, Mike. How were your interviews with the top four? They're fantastic. I'm going to just say overall, like, this was a really kick-ass group of teams. Yeah. They they just seem like a really great group. I do wonder if part of it is, you know, a sense of unity from the fact due to the, un- the like, unprecedented circumstances in which they came back. They felt really bonded together, but not to say that, that a season uh, shouldn't have drama or conflict in it, right? This isn't Phil Kogan's best friends race, but I did like the ability for, like, these teams to come on, to still be competitive, but to still enjoy each other's company so yeah had the opportunity to talk with kim and pen to talk with raquel and kayla to talk with aruna natalia and doggo was solo today uh yeah. dusty by himself uh ryan i believe was on vacation the day that we were recording these interviews but suffice it to say dusty was able to fill that time he had a lot of stuff to say so uh i believe when people are hearing this at least half of them should be up at parade.com but yeah, this is a really fun group of teams, some of which actually listen to this podcast, to Jess's point, some of which may have followed the advice of which we give. I guess we'll pull a Kim and say, you're welcome. And then mm-hmm. we can just roll the end credits there. Yeah. And we will have a full recap of The Amazing Race. But let me just uh, quickly state about how it looked like that everybody got together for a uh, finale party, courtesy of Lulu and Lala. Jess, were you able to piece together uh, what the night was like? Uh, Well, I want to give a shout out to um, one of our PSR patrons managed to get into the VIP section of this party last night, and he was having a blast. I don't know why he was still on the Discord after a point, but um, (laughs) we got, I mean, thanks to Corey, we got a lot of great insight into what the party was like, how everybody was feeling. Um, And of course, uh, Kim and Penn posted to the Holderness family's Twitter account, um, the footage of the reaction of their children when they found out their parents had won the race. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently, yeah, it was a raging party reminiscent of the Tarkon days. And I was very sad to not be in Miami last night. Yeah. Just remember when uh, you used to get the invite for the amazing race uh, finale parties back in the day. Um, Rob, I want to, I only ever got a, actual invite to two finale parties Mm -hmm. the rest of them like pretty much anyone could go if you paid oh okay yeah i mean listen two is greater than zero Mm -hmm. yeah it's true it's a non-zero amount and i did get invited like we all got collectively invited to other parties that were not in new york but 
Yeah. Um, yeah. If it was, if it's not in the Northeast, I kind of can't go anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to have gotten, I'm happy to have had a correspondent on the ground who was able to tell us how the party was. Yeah. My amazing, uh, I'm sorry. My Facebook was like, Hey, do you want to repost this from eight years ago today? Uh, the finale of amazing race 23. Like, uh, okay. I don't know. No, was, thank you. Not really. Two parties, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah that's, that's, that's uh, ten, 10 seasons ago. So there you go. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. I do believe said patron, uh, had actually tried to like spread a little bit of a his own uh, tinfoil hat theories of like, well, you know, I don't know if Kim and Penn, you know, they're not, they would be at home celebrating with family if they had won. This wouldn't be the case, but nope, surprise, surprise. Once again, when we thought Raquel and Kayla had it, they had home state advantage and everything celebrating in Florida. Penn and Kim passed them. I mean, look, let me just say, I love this finale, specifically the final leg. It was a really, really fun time the closest finale we have had in years. Uh, and just in general, I really don't have that much to quibble with with the leg design okay. proper. I thought even the stuff in Portugal, I thought were really fun cultural tasks. Yeah, I loved it. I, I want to go back and put my own tinfoil hat on things. Is it possible that Kim and Penn stepped off from throwing a finale party and had other racers do it so as not to cast a spoilery light on anything? Because um, we know Amazing, yeah. Race 20, Amazing Race 23, God love them, Jason and Amy, through this rager right. in Providence, they're like, it's we're just throwing a party because we're excited. Like, yeah, sure you are, guys. You're throwing this giant, this giant party, renting out an entire hotel because you were celebrating the fact that you came in third place. That right. really happened. I think this might be a little bit more Occam's razor uh, in that mm-hmm. uh, Lulu and Lala, they are party people. I, I feel like yeah. that they are probably more likely to be uh, throwing a party. Uh, Penn and Kim are more of uh, a- adults. Uh, like I feel like, um, you know, <laughs> aren't, aren't, like, hey, let's throw a rager. I mean, I think they'd probably make a YouTube video about throwing a rager that mm-hmm. ended up not being a rager. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a fair point. And like Lulu and Lala, to their credit, like they got a, they had a beverage sponsor at this thing. Yeah, and it was Ooh. that like weird. I'm sure you've seen ads for it because Paramount Plus is lousy with ads for this thing. It was at the Guitar Hotel. Yes, 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 yes. Was oh, was it the guy that serves them limoncello in Greece when they had that one leg? I think they. I would have gotten those people. I might, not, I might not have invited the cheese guy, but everybody else. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we had a two-hour amazing race uh, to talk about. Yeah. So, all right. Let's uh, start with the headline then. Uh, I know that over the years uh, that uh, both of you have had issues with the final leg of the amazing race. Uh, just what did the show get right with this leg? The show. What the show got right with this leg is everything was something you had to solve or get through. It was not, it, everything required work. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these like Protestant work ethic people that's like hard work is the answer to everything. But when the centerpiece of your final leg is be the first person to the giant thing you're jumping off of, then there is no suspense in it. Because as soon as you're that person and you just like cruise from place to place, there's no chance for another team to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I felt like everything in here, I think, Maybe the last time I saw a leg that was this well-designed in the finale, I think 27 would be in that conversation. Like having multiple things where you had to multiple memory tasks, multiple like brain puzzles, make it easier for a team that's in the back to come up and 
overtake the other team. And you saw the order, you saw the at least the one and two order switch many, many times over throughout the course of this final leg. And that up until the final minute, up until the final time that that mm. official said, you know, game, set, match, I did not know who was going to win. I had my suspicions. Certainly I have been calling my shot all season, mm-hmm. but it was like it could have been anybody's game. And even at the point where they finished that memory task, I'm like, oh, maybe there's another task. And I honestly, I didn't feel the same, like, you know, that usual amazing race cadence of like this, 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 and then the end. I was like, oh, maybe there's something else. It it was, they kept that tension taut for the entire leg. And I loved that. Yeah. I mean, I think Penn told me he counted eight lead changes. And I guess editing might have... Yeah, slighted that a little bit because it really did seem like, from my perspective, did he have his glasses on when he was counting? Oh, sorry, it was infinity. It was on the side. Uh, He just didn't. He was reading it from the wrong direction. I I also got a uh, a lesson in glasses today. Also from (laughs) oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Listen, uh, is I don't know when uh, direct buy is going to become like a sponsor of Rob as a podcast, but Penn could be like your spokesperson. I mean, honestly. It was nice that Penn said that he's the you know much much older than Rob because I think he's maybe five years older than Rob. <laughs> okay, I mean, look, that's uh, that's considerable. I, I yeah. guess maybe yeah. it's more as time goes Jess. on. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the age of my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I what I really enjoyed about this final leg is is actually just one trying to make me later s- days already. <laughs> You're the oldest one on the podcast, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By Eleven whole months, <laughs> but I, I think that uh, she brought up a very good point about the the multiple tasks, and I think especially comparing it to last season, where it was like there were some of those tasks, but there was one big luck task stuck in the middle of that. That was where Will and James just took the lead and and never looked back. I think what really is the difference here, and I think what has to be the key now in every amazing race finale is. I know I said, oh, we haven't experienced this close of a finale in a long time. I mean, Amazing Race 30 had an incredibly tight finale as well. What did both of them have in common? A memory task right at the finish line as Mm -hmm. the very last thing to do. Uh, And I think correlation might equal causation here, is that if the teams are running a relatively solid race, even if there are sort of stratifications and teams falling out of it, that final memory task is an ability to have everybody catch up and serve as like an epic bunching point when, by and large the vast majority of Amazing Race finales are boring, are mm-hmm. very straightforward, where one team takes the lead in one of these tasks in the beginning or middle of the leg, just doesn't look back. And so I think, while it might be unfortunately unfair to this first place team that like their lead might be squandered because of it, it makes the ending exciting when it's really supposed to be, uh, of just putting something there that makes them stop short and allow time for other teams to be able to catch up and in the case of Kim and Penn, have a literal pitch perfect memory of these things that really benefits them and allows them to to surge ahead. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I, I I'm a little concerned about this, and I want to get I want to get your thoughts on this. Kim and Penn were perhaps maybe the most prepared team that has ever come into the Amazing Race, and we've heard about teams that have maintained spreadsheets or you know called up podcasters to get the lay of the land before going on the show um but this is the first time that i feel like this is a whole new level and mike we talked about this in the tar pit a few weeks ago where it's kind of it's like a james holzauer situation where he is better than everyone at jeopardy because he just made it his life goal he read he read middle grade fact books in like the triple digits Mm -hmm. and had this whole like 
thing on uh, betting strategy and he did the bouncing around in the categories to the point where the only person that was able to beat him is someone who literally wrote a PhD thesis on Jeopardy. And I wonder if now are we going to start to see that sort of competition, like have, have Penn and Kim raised the bar? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, between that and Will and James, right? Like, mm-hmm. we are now two James for two uh, of teams that did a lot of good homework. And we talk about this a lot with Survivor, Rob. Yes, this yes. idea of, do you have, like, do you purposely reuse the same puzzles and reward people who prepare for it? And I wonder if The Amazing Race is going to continue to do that, or is it going to be, let's create more equalizing tasks that you can't study for? Yeah, it's, it's really an interesting question. I think that probably is uh, a thing that we should look at across like the entire realm of competition reality, because I think that as like these like uh, audiences dwindle, not to say that the audience, that the ratings are bad, but it, times like the shows like survivor had 30 million and 20 million and 10 million and now as it's sort of like okay now really we're we're talking to the base here uh so the people watching the show are also the same people that are are, are that are the super fans uh, like i feel like that uh the 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 casuals like make up like uh less of a percentage of the audience than they did once upon a time uh so the people that are applying to the show like uh know the shows better and better whereas uh on survivor especially you don't have one person on the show that isn't like a like uh you know uh eight out of ten survivor fan that goes on the show where you used to have people that's like what is this show what is this uh where they'd be you know zeros and ones like make up half the cast on these shows and it's interesting of like uh on the amazing race now to see you know how big of a competitive advantage it is to be the super fans and or i would almost say not just how how big of a competitive advantage is it but how much is the show going to lean into that because we've heard like it used to be that there was a curse of the super fan I don't know if you recall, like 10 seasons ago, Mm -hmm. if a team went in and their whole story was, we love the amazing race and we are obsessed with it. And that team was guaranteed to go out early. And I don't know if that was just because like, are they really that big of super fans or was the show like struggling to put them in a bucket? And now it's like, everybody's in that bucket now. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe to some degree that's always been true, but I think we're in a new, we're in a new strata of super fanhood. Mm -hmm. I don't think necessarily like on this season of the amazing race. I think that all 11 of the teams were uh, super fans, but we definitely had teams that were, you know, much bigger fans uh, than, than others. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is doing like the, uh, except for Kim is doing the Daniel strunk esque spreadsheet, right. Of like all the tasks that were on the amazing race. So it's a good question as to, do you have to be that devoted? Like chronicling, I think is the question of, is that necessary now to really do well in the amazing race? Because we're two for two in that aspect. And you had a team like Colin and Christy were just naturally good. Jessica and Cody were not, I would not necessarily say they were certainly not brought on as amazing race fans, but then you have someone like Scott from season 29 who very much was in that mold too. So it's, it's interesting to compare those skill sets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Should we talk about uh, the first half of this uh, episode of The Amazing Race, where we got to see the teams uh, race through Portugal? Very unusual for the season to see a one-city stop here uh, just for one leg of The Amazing Race. Well, Lisbon's a flyover city, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. They weren't in Lisbon. They were in, like, small town Portugal. Um, but it makes a lot of sense because it's a stop on the way back. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and they've had a lot of these legs. I think they used to have, they used to have like one per season would be a leg in an airport hub. Like how many times have they been to Dubai? And the whole reason is just because that's a place that you frequently fly through. Mm-hmm. And I think this was one of those cases of what's on the way back. Mm-hmm. We know where our final leg is and we know where the leg before that is. What can we stick in the middle? Yeah, so stop by for the day, row some boats, do some mm-hmm. painting. You'll have a great time. Mm-hmm. So I started to feel like that maybe this was not going to be a victorious run for Ryan and Dusty, where I started to feel like that Ryan and Dusty got a little bit of a villain edit here uh, in the finale. Did anybody else feel that way? I certainly felt like they were imploding. I don't know about villain. Mm-hmm. Right. It's tough because villain... I don't know. Villain edits are tough on the amazing race because villains imply that you're like doing something negative to another team. Yeah. No, just in in terms of their, uh, their language of how, uh, they were becoming, uh, less of the underdog and more, uh, that they were, their hunting (laughs) instincts were taking over. Yeah. I mean, dusty does do use a lot of, uh, predator language in yeah the speaking right like he he essentially is he was there he was david attenborough himself he was right. himself up as the lion this entire time right here's here's dusty talking about uh how that they they are actually the team to watch adversity really brings out character in people and uh, i would not want us behind you hunting you down we will find one of these lambs in front of us and we will feast are you saying that he would be on them like a pack of hounds yeah yeah, he's ready to feast on uh, some of the other teams. I want Dusty to do Shakespeare. He has mm-hmm. such a weird, he's just an interesting way of talking. Be great. We support Dusty doing anything. Yeah, I really like anything that, anything he does, I will tune in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I did like uh, Penn and Kim uh, talking about how they want to be there at the end and they don't want to be just like one of the teams that are doing like the. Uh, the the golf clap for the other teams that are coming through. That was another yeah, one of the great like meta I, moments they had on the season. 
Yeah, they're really two for two, right? Between Kim calling out the sound effect last week and now them doing the impression of the team sort of clapping at the finish line. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also brings up that fantastic moment, which only came to mind for me recently because Maggie Morgan watched The Amazing Race 16 and like the one time that didn't happen where Carol and Brandy like called out uh, Miss South Carolina at the finish line for like you turning them. And it was one of the rare moments where they did not, ironically enough, do the beauty pageant clap of it all but otherwise yeah that's pretty much the b-roll that they get of these teams mm-hmm. being like "Woo, nondescript team come on <laughs> yeah because they don't film those when the teams are running down the finish line yeah i've never and this is probably speaks to their background as people who've worked in television extensively i've never heard a team break the fourth wall as consistently and as often as they did yeah and it's really it speaks to how well they know the show because I think there's a lot of, again, like maybe the last two winners are the only ones that we've seen really not just tell us that they love the show, but show us that they love the show. Yeah. Between Will and James having footage of themselves walking around with bottles on their head the night the episode aired to Kim, like picking apart the tiniest bits of like, this is how they're going to tell our yeah. story. To the theme song in the premiere when they talked about it. Are they saying yeah. mashed potatoes in the theme song? Uh, to even oh, oatmeal, Rob. Oh, oatmeal. Oh, oh, sorry, mashed potatoes. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. Well, I mean, that's the other part. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> oatmeal. Oh, yeah, what are you you're fight, you're debating? Which is better? That, um, yeah, it's interesting, though, because it's dental work. Yeah. Does that also indicate a different editing style for The Amazing Race as well? Because, we, again, we, I, know, I don't want to keep bringing this back to Survivor 41, but Survivor 41 has certainly got more meta about like we do this on this show or even back in season 40 when you know they they keep in a michelle fitzgerald comment of like i need this like you need a blue shirt and a pair of khakis uh, i like that when a show is able to yeah. lean in a bit yeah. and on its tropes well phil has already uh, always broken the fourth wall and talked to the audience at home about uh s- setting things up uh so we we always had that but uh it is interesting even pen at the finish line uh said uh, like hey can we give it up for the camera people I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get a shot of this? Like, uh, get these guys. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. It was like, um, we know, and because, because we've spoken to enough racers and we've spoken to Phil enough times, we know how much goes into the show. But I think there's so much that this season has shown us about what it takes to make this program. Yeah. That we've never I think the audience has never had to think about and between I I would almost, I don't know if this is like, I'm trying to find patterns where there are none, but between like zooming out and showing the crew and being really aware that the crew is working so hard and like, there's a point where, you know, where Phil's given his spiel, like as a flight attendant, you can see behind him that, you know, we have the six racers in front of him behind him. There are at least like a hundred people. Yeah. And I love that we're finally able to we're able to really think about what a huge complicated thing this show is to make and be a little bit more exercise a little more gratitude for it. Yeah, I think that we are definitely uh, like trending in the trajectory of like on these shows, like pulling back the curtain, you know, even more to the point where, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, more and more of the stuff that goes into making the show. I don't know necessarily if it's uh, good or bad, but I definitely think it's interesting as uh, this thing continues to evolve. I mean, do you think, is that a, an externality of the pandemic of like, Oh, people have worked so hard. We want to show it. Could it be that because we're, 
in a day and age where like we all can all be content creators, right? We all have something in our pockets that can do it. That it's like that's be- production has become something that's more interesting to people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the exact, like, uh, we probably have to have somebody do like a think piece on like, uh, why this is happening, but we're definitely like moving more and more into that trajectory. We need like Chuck Klosterman to break this all down. Jess, are, are you, have you read the nineties? Not yet. Not yeah. yet. I have it on my table. It's in my queue. I yes. definitely want to. I am halfway through on the, uh, audio book and I am oh, uh, greatly enjoying it. That was a good year. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're, half, we're halfway through. Okay. So, Let's uh, then uh, take a look at then uh, we're going to go to our uh, first task of that. uh, Okay, just uh, get to what the big red flag. Yeah, it's it's one of these classic you're up top on something. Spot the flag down below. Usually this can be actually very difficult for some teams for whatever reason. Uh, Kim and Penn don't have a problem with this one. Little did they know that there really be bookends of visual challenges coming up in this leg. Not really anything of note here. Everyone does fine. I do find it interesting that I don't know if Raquel and Kayla and Ryan Dusty wanted to necessarily help each other, but it was interesting that because they got there at the same time, they had to kind of be like, uh, okay, I guess we'll help each other find the flag because I, I, uh, we're in proximity and it would be awkward and we can't really like hint to the other partner that the flag is there and not let the other team know about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is going to take the teams off to uh, a roadblock called uh, who wants to go exploring. Okay. Our teams were going to have to determine who is a uh, Portuguese explorer and who is a famous person. That really doesn't give you much to go on. Like that's one of the most ambiguous questions I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what does this name sound like? Except for Cristiano Romaldo, or unless someone was like a big, I don't know, Stan of the UN. I don't know how many people would not just take the, all right, I guess I'll make a random non-Ronaldo guess and see if I'm right. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, this is like, this is one of those arenas and you guys know me and like my trivia brain, which is not the same thing as being smart, but I have no idea what everybody knows and what everybody does not know. Like what is obscure and what is common knowledge. Would you be good at this? Yeah. Well, I knew two of the explorers off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Like, Diaz and Dagama are like they're known explorers. That's mm-hmm. a thing. Like, I think that would not be the hard part. I think mm-hmm. the rowing is the harder part. And if you've never rowed a boat, yeah, rowing that's a that's a past participle that I've never heard until Arun used it. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. A rowing, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could, you could also call this a literal roadblock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. When I spoke with Arun and Natalia, Arun said that his regret was that he didn't jump out of the boat and pull the boat. Are you allowed to? That I, I don't I, know. I mean, that was my thought when he was like, I have to get back. Um, for, my first thought was, okay, just bail. But apparently he had to get the boat back into the dock. Yeah, I, I, I would say if that's, listen, if you can't row it, might as well tow it. Mm-hmm. What, did you just make that up, Mike? Yeah. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> in the RJP store. Yeah, some more Mike Blue it. merch. If you can't row it, you might as well tell it. I'm going to send it to a rune free of charge. Yeah, Mike Bloom's shipping new not, catchphrase. Not, not reimbursed, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, really, you know, uh, Kim is like, all right, what, you know, what the hey? Uh, I'll go exploring. Boom. Gets in a boat. Nails it. 
I, I mean, she admits this was a lucky guess, though. This yeah. was like a, she picked it purely by aesthetic choice, and she ends up getting it right on the first try. But yeah, I mean, I like this because, again, this was almost a detour within a roadblock, right? You could take the Raquel method of let me search out the name, or you could take the Ryan method of just try to brute force it going back and forth. That's what I really liked about both roadblocks mm-hmm. here was that there was sort of inherent within it a more slower brain oriented option and then a quote unquote faster more physically oriented option mm-hmm. this is something i want to see more of on amazing race honestly like i want i want problems that you can solve more than one way mm-hmm. i think that that makes for really interesting tv and it's also i mean i know it's a harder it's another level of difficulty on what is already a difficult show to design but i want to be able to you're always placing yourself in that situation i want to be able to say this is how i would have done it not like would i have been able to do this you know one of the things from uh this uh roadblock that i felt like they did not really explain on the show was that okay we saw where ryan and dusty were with raquel and kayla they were ahead of arun and natalia who are famously Mm -hmm. the the worst navigators on the show somehow arun and natalia get to this task like uh, minutes before Ryan and Dusty, and we didn't get any explanation of what happened. We we did actually. There was one brief thing. So it seemed like the latter three teams were essentially like in a little line together, and there was one point where there was a T turn. There was like a turn left or a turn right. The right way to go was right. I'm sorry, I'm giving like Natalia esque directions here, Laurel mm-hmm. and Hardy esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right, you have to turn right to go in the correct direction. Raquel and Kayla went right. Ryan and Dusty went to the left. Uh, and Natalia saw they were going in the wrong direction and turned right. We saw it briefly. There was a little bit of a map to mm-hmm. show it, but that's how Ryan and Dusty ended up. And then there was this whole thing, and there's a secret scene about it where, like, they couldn't find a spot to, to, to turn around, so they did, like, an Austin Powers-esque 23-point uh, turn. They love Austin one. Powers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dusty's favorite trilogy of all time uh no wonder they wound up in third place he just loves trilogies that much but loves trilogies i I came very close to saying to dusty today that i know uh you came in uh third and picked up the bronze but i know you love gold (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have the heart to bring it up i mean it's a miracle we got through that interview without like bringing up any dog he was a good sport he really he was a very good he was was a very good boy he was a very Very good good boy good sport good sport yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ryan and Dusty, again, uh, they uh, were trying to track the other teams down. Uh, they felt like they were, uh, you know, moving ahead of uh, they, they already had gotten ahead of Arun and, and Natalia when they got to uh, the uh, stop at the uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, Fortress. Yeah. To look for the flag. Uh, and here's uh, here's Ryan and Dusty talking about that. Ryan and I, the lions, went hunting and we made a kill with Raquel and Kayla behind us. But now we are hunting for the main prize, the Cape Buffalo. Pin and Kim, we are coming for blood in go, first go. place. <laughs> I mean, that's literally the first time anybody on this show has said that Pen and Kim are the team to beat. So there's that. But there's also... It's there's also, the also the someone yeah someone audibly roared like they're the mgm lion yeah. on an amazing on the amazing yeah. race but this is not the first time we've heard is, is this their catchphrase gobble gobble we're about to eat baby yeah why why are they saying gobble gobble all the time 
they're like hungry, hungry hippos. Actually, they're just like uh, like eating the teams that they get in front of. How soon did this film until Thanksgiving? Like, I'm pretty sure this was October, right? So mm-hmm. maybe they were just hungry for that. I don't know, but it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, so that's that's the evolution of Ryan and Dusty. Okay, uh, becoming more animalistic as the season went on. All right. I don't know. They started at about a nine on the mm-hmm. animal scale, and I don't know that they went that much harder. Mm-hmm. Maybe they finished at a ten. They finished at a ten. Yeah, this it, went to ten, right? I mean, no, this is. I We're think splitting 11. hairs. When yeah. you when you make an onomatopoeia esque roaring noise sincerely about stalking your the first place team, I do think that is at least an eleven, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going on to leg eleven, I guess. All right. So uh, Raquel, uh, she gets through. Uh, Arun is really going to struggle uh, in the boat. Uh, that he is just uh, spinning around in a circle for a while. Well, that's that's a problem. That's a hazard of not knowing how to row a boat because if you don't have both oars kind of in sync with each other, doing the same motion at the same time. That's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was very much like he was trying to like do one. He would be turning right and then he'd be doing the other one to try to straighten out. But yeah, it's about moving them both at once. And poor Arun, it, it, not to uh, make this an age thing, but just it very much reminded me of Gretchen in The Amazing Race 7 of like sitting in the elephant being like, we got a bad elephant. Just like a situation where someone is hapless him spinning in the middle of this poor marina as Dusty compares him to essentially going down the drain, getting passed by everybody. It's hard to watch. Yeah. So uh, Ryan, his approach is going to be, okay, I know I can row the boat. And even he struggled a little bit at first, uh, but he gets the hang of it. He says, I'm just going to, you know, keep taking the boat down until I get the right answer. Uh, but then after he comes back that he's wrong, he comes back and spots the uh, Vasco da Gama boat. Uh, Vasco da Gama, baby. Uh, but Arun, at the same time, is saying like, oh, oh, da Gama. I, I need to switch boats. I need to get to the other boat. Well, that's that's where the part of it comes in where you had to actually look at the boats. Right. And I think... I think a lot of people were kicking themselves like everybody knows if you say Vasco da Gama, if I even mm-hmm. say it to you two, you know he's an explorer, right? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of that one might have been a little more hidden than the others. Mm-hmm. I think the first person to see that is going to take it. Right. Because it would have been a little more difficult if it's okay, here's a list of explorers and you have to identify who is Was Portuguese, Portuguese, right? But which of these flags is in the EU? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's also tricky because, you know, back in the exploration era, you had a lot of people that were one nationality sailing under the flag of whoever funded them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't even really know for sure. Like they say Columbus was from Genoa, but the Catalonians claim him and, you know. Now nobody claims him. Yeah, no, everybody's, he's kind of garbage, but mm-hmm. all of these guys were kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I Not did. Ronaldo, he's beautiful. <laughs> no, Cristiano yes. Ronaldo is great. I'm sure the UN guy also great, mm-hmm. but the explorers were all kind of garbage. Yeah. I, Kayla, what did she say? She would leave the, the race uh, to go in the Cristiano Ronaldo boat. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to explore him. Okay. His body is a wonderland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just leave that. Uh, let that sit. And <laughs> so Arun, he was uh, very upset that Ryan was ta- was g- going off with his boat. You got my boat! 
Uh, I, lo- I just love that. Oh, no, he took my boat. <laughs> okay. All right. So Ryan gets the Vasco da Gama boat uh, that he is right. Arun, uh, he's going to end up switching boats. We get to the uh, paint the door task. Okay. We have... Uh, Phil calls uh, canned fish uh, the world's oldest fast food. Is it, though? Yeah. I was reading something about canned food this week. Yes, what was it? Probably Um, wasn't a happy story, right? We were reading a book um, of, like, how simple machines are... The chapter was about how simple machines combine to make kitchen gadgets, and they were talking about the can Mm -hmm. opener. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's... That's how my child, that's what my child finds interesting. And they talked about how canned food was created in the late, late 18th century, but nobody invented a can opener until like the middle of the next century. Yes. Because uh, they, the inventor of the can just said, why don't you just get like a, a hammer and a spike to open your can? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, was, I thought I was going to say like, well... Uh, if people really need it, they'll invent a can opener. Yeah, it's they'll fine. eventually be able to get into this. In Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem like fast food to me is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So people collect the uh, sardine cans and then paint the door. What yeah, do you think I about paint tr- the door as a task? Uh, I mean, fun. I like paint. The painting the door as a task is fun. I always like detail oriented things, uh, especially when it is a little puzzle like as to like spot the difference. I am intrigued by the idea of we love these sardine cans so much. You're going to know it when you knock on my door. Like, you know what household you're entering, Mm -hmm. baby. Yeah. I mean, Mike, that are are you saying that you don't have like chicken of the sea on your front door? Well, not since maybe Jessica Simpson has that painted on there, but I don't know about me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this task. Okay. Uh, everything that has to do it, uh, you know, paint by number, uh, very much attention to detail. The thing that really got me was Ryan and dusty. I, I feel like that they have an ax to grind here. Jess, I thought it was very unfair that Ryan and dusty had to paint the doorknob, but I feel like that all the teams didn't have to paint the doorknob. Well, it was, they had a marked off area. And I think a lot of these, it was sort of luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you there. Uh, but the door was like, you had like the whole area marked off that you had to paint. And on the other ones, the door was not in the designated area. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a gotcha moment. Uh, but also the, you couldn't necessarily tell from looking at the can which one was going to be easier to paint. Is it yeah. possible that Dusty and Ryan's was a little bit easier to paint, but so they threw in that you also had to paint the doorknob? I, I don't right. know, but you, you don't paint the doorknob. That's not a thing. Ah, but Rob. That's not a thing, you, unless you're a lunatic. I don't know. It, it would seem to me like a big old brass knob would stick out from my aesthetic design, right? I want it to blend in with the fish. Sure, sure. You just have to make sure you don't paint the like part at the base of the doorknob so it gets stuck and you can't use it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Jess, like, have, you, have you ever seen a painted doorknob? I'm sure I've seen a painted doorknob at some point in my life. I don't think that's a thing that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, this is not fair for Ryan and Dusty. Justice that, uh, look... This is, uh, you know, justice for Ryan and Dusty. These guys uh, deserve to catch a break. Yeah, they deserve justice. Yes, yes. So, 
Uh, I, I didn't think that that was. Uh, every dog has its day. Every Ron. dog has its day. Yeah, jury's out on this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that. I, I my thought on this painting task was you could ruin it beyond recognition. Mm-hmm. Like there was a possibility mm-hmm. you could f up that door so badly that you would have to. Like they must have had extras. They had to have had extras Extra because. You could have had to start over from the beginning. Yeah, or they yeah. do like a Monsters, Inc. style. They take the door out and they put another one there and just say like, no, you're doing the mermaid one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it was like the nice bookends with the first task of the season where we had sort yeah. of like the arts and crafts mm-hmm. task to uh, start off the race. Uh, oh, and imagine Michael and Mo if they made it this far. Like, they'd be, I don't know, painting the judge. They'd be painting the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be painting the actual sardine can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I did oh, it. Let's yeah. paint it to match the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did it. We caught the door on the sardine can. Honestly, no. I think that should have been a possible solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get your sardine. They just have to be the same. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Ra- Raquel and Kayla, uh, they end up uh, getting through first uh eventually uh kim and pen uh they end up uh coming uh or departing a little bit after that um ryan and dusty are getting stuck on the doorknob but the uh probably uh, more interesting thing that happens on the way out is that kayla forgets the map jess yep and we have spoken to them at length about forgetting the map Mm -hmm. yeah and I think another team, like any other team on the field at that moment, if that had happened to them, it might have destroyed them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, this was a little bit of a nothing burger, in mm-hmm. my opinion, or I don't know, what's the, a nothing sardine, uh, perhaps, in that they had a little bit of a tiff about it. But at the end of the day, they stopped for two minutes to grab one from a gas station, mm-hmm. you know, like it. It would have been it would have been much more of a risky choice to leave it behind if it's like, okay, now there won't be any other opportunity to get a map for the rest of the leg. Instead, it was more so, okay, do we want to go back five minutes to get it, or do you want to just take 30 seconds to pull over to this gas station and get another one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, they got over very quickly. I, I just thought it was a very funny confessional where they talked about it, where, uh, you know, uh, th- like uh, Kayla could tell, like uh, Kayla really had screwed that up. And then she's like, oh, OK, all right. All right. We got it. We got it on the on the map. <laughs> it was good. It was a good moment for them. Yeah. OK, well, she could afford to be funny about it because they did get over it so quickly. They got over it. They got over it. OK, I mean, that's, that's really that's that's really one of their testaments It's like whenever something bad happened. I find it so interesting on the previous time when Phil's like Raquel and Kayla screwed up a bunch. But like every time we saw them, whether it was, you know, Kayla getting frosting on her shirt or the whole fracas with, oh, we're so good at navigating. And then they drove in the wrong direction. Like they always played it off really well. And I asked them about this and this was clearly something purposeful that's just who they are as people that they sort of just take adversity and they laugh about it so i'm happy that they brought that in there because i do think other teams including on this season if they were faced with the same thing would get it would get a bit ugly Mm -hmm. instead of just oh yeah we'll just we'll be fine uh we get a roadblock uh who's down for the count uh i'm interested to know what you both thought about uh this task because uh, i thought that it was interesting in that it seemed uh you know very difficult to do and i was thinking like there must have been like a hack and i don't know maybe i'm thinking of like it's like the genius of like okay there must be a way to solve it even if you can't see that far but i don't think there was yeah, it almost it felt to me like they had something else designed for this. 
And then they went to the people that owned the monastery and the monks were like, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, wait, where have you been? Greece, France? No, you stay in this little rectangle. Yeah. You don't go any further. Mm-hmm. No, you can't touch the walls. Are you kidding me? This is an you old ate, thing. Mm-hmm. You ate what cheese? Yeah. No, get those maggots away from wait, me. Wait, so you, want, you want to paint what on the columns? No, no, we're <laughs> not doing that. Yeah, go paint some doors where we're in the city. But there's it's a historic a, landmark. Yeah. Okay. Have you no respect? All right. So, all right. We Penn is uh there first. He's trying and we see that, you know, for Penn this is going to be a challenge. Yeah, well, as he explained to you, Rob, in old age, your eyesight starts to go. Mhm. Yeah. So and there's nothing you can do about no, it. No, it just is. Nothing you can do about it. I mean, that was kind of a downer, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, I think death comes for us all eventually, Rob. Oh my God! Well, this podcast took a dark turn. It really did. It's what? as dark as the shadows on one side of those columns. Yeah. Um, from dark turn, let me go back to uh, the U-turn, uh, Mike. You referenced the U-turn earlier in the show. It's interesting, and we haven't really talked about it. This was a season with no U-turns. I believe first season without a U-turn since season 12, uh, since the introduction of the U-turn. How are we feeling about uh, a U-turnless season 33? Uh, I'm... I'm fine with it for this leg just because of how unorthodox things were. I feel it's it's similar to me about like the staggered starts is like I could understand why this leg had special circumstances. I would like to put it back uh, just because I think in a season that does not have much drama, that's a fun way to inject some stuff in there. I know that Ryan and Dusty naturally fell to the back of the pack, but that could have been something really interesting if there was instead an opportunity to U-turn them there. In fact, when Dusty talked to me, he was like, yeah, I was pretty sure if a U-turn popped up at all that we knew we'd be U-turned mm-hmm. at some point. So I think it ended up working out here, but it should be noted specifically when it came to like the last five legs or something, there was very little change between the top group and the bottom group. And I do wonder if adding things in like the U-turns, especially if they're running the show in a similar format moving forward of like self-driving, you know, all in one city, two in a country type of thing it might be more advantageous to throw in something like a U-turn that can help jumble up spots more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible, Mike, but I also, there are very few points like, and this is again, results oriented thinking. And it's based on like how it shook out, which is something that, you know, they would never have known going in, but I can think of very few points where putting a U-turn down would have made a big difference in how things shook out. Like there was not, you didn't have a lot of opportunities for somebody to pull a fast one on like Ryan and Dusty was maybe there was one chance you could have and everybody else was just like, they're up at the front and I don't see a team that knows they're coming in first place. I don't see them using the U-turn, especially not among this bunch that knows their strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be an interesting thing to talk about some with some of the teams. Uh, you know, did they talk about you know if there's a U-turn? Uh, what are we planning to do? Uh, you know, uh, especially with um, you know another thing that would be interesting to talk about with uh, some of the teams might be like after watching season 32 of the Amazing Race, uh, talking about like okay, well, like uh, how are we playing this if this comes up because that was such a big deal of the teams that were working together, what they were going to do. So uh, interesting questions uh, to ask the racers uh, if we have the opportunity yeah i saw a comment on reddit that i thought was really interesting related to that 
where they said, can you imagine this count the columns task in season 32? Mm-hmm. Or somebody would just run out and be like, it's 106. 106! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They must have been, I think that was probably the reason you had to run so far to give the answer. Mm-hmm. All right. So we see uh, Penn is working on it. Here comes uh, Eagle Eyes Kayla. Who, ironically enough, is also wearing glasses. So maybe it's just prescriptions. Maybe mm-hmm. they need to be replaced. But I mean, if you're talking about hacking the challenge, I don't know if this is hacking the challenge, Rob, but it seemed like the way to do it because we saw both, uh, we saw Kayla get it on the first try and we see Penn eventually adopt this method of like bunching, right? It's almost like what I equate this challenge to is the how many jelly beans are in a jar type of counting, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, that challenge that we sometimes saw in Big Brother of, okay, if this is the size of 20 columns, approximately how many do you think could fit in there? Because like Penn said, it was a bit of a uh, vanishing point where eventually you kind of just had to guesstimate the ones that were in the distance. And so I do wonder how much of it was plain counting versus like, all right, I can estimate how many this is. So let me just try to, you know, simplify the distance between everything and make an assumption based on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's also the angle of once you're close or once you feel like you're close to get it on the exact number, you just run back and forth a bunch of times and give different numbers, which I think was something Penn was doing at some point. Yeah. That was, that was textbook trial and error for him. I was like, all right, well now he literally says now it's going to be a running challenge. And it was only, I would say only, you know, with my uh, unathletic ass here, but like uh, it was only a quarter mile to there and back. So I was surprised. uh, We saw Penn and and then also dusty uh, guessed uh, odd numbers. That's interesting as well. I wonder if they overthought that, right? And they're like, oh, perhaps it, it, they, they, thought, they think that we think it'll be an even number. So they'll mm-hmm. actually make it an odd number because that's the trick behind these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if I was like trialing and erroring, I think I would have tried all the even numbers first. I don't know. How symmetrical For were sure. these monks? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the first thing I would have done is counted one side, multiplied it by two and see if that was it. Mm-hmm. But- yeah. All right, so we see Kayla gets it on the first try. Then uh, Penn eventually is going to get it. Uh, it seems like that we have a little bit of drama about Raquel and Kayla getting lost, uh, going to the lighthouse. But there's one path. There's one path. It's yeah, very, it's very odd. They're like, are we going in the right direction? It is odd though, because like the misty mountains esque fog is rolling in too. So. They don't know what happens, but as soon as they see Penn and Kim, they're like, okay, I guess we'll j- I guess we're going in the right direction, so let's keep running. And, and so they end up finishing for the first place and second time in a row. Yeah. So they get a trip to St. Lucia. That's where I went for my honeymoon. It's oh, Mike, could you give any recommendations? Yeah, so they talk about the sulfur baths. Uh, we went there. We went to like the little uh, springs that had- What's a you know, sulfur the bath? So it's, it's it's one of those like natural hot springs where they have like the bubbling mud coming oh. out of it. Uh, and so it was it was a very fun Like a time. Survivor reward? Exactly. Like it's the final five of Survivor Borneo. Uh, you know, we had just, uh, we were about to go to the, the bar and watch the first episode of Survivor. Jeff Probst was about to put a blindfold on me. That was what I channel when you go to St. Lucia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then we get uh, Penn and Kim, they check in. They're number two. They need to be considered a real threat, people. I mean, I've been saying it for weeks. I mean, yeah. I didn't want to admit it. (laughs) I mean, what did they finish? Like uh, one, one, two, one, one, one down the stretch here? 
what I will say is I do think when it came to this season of The Amazing Race, I think I really love this final three because to me, the first third was Ryan and Dusty. The second third was Penn and Kim. And the third third was Raquel and Kayla. Oh, interesting. I think in terms, in terms of dominance, where I think each one of those three teams, again, with the exception of maybe Ryan and Dusty in the middle there, none of these three teams had major struggles, but I do think each team sort of had their peak performance uh, with the exception of also then P- Kim and Kim and Penn at the very end there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually um, Dusty is going to get it. Um, Ryan uh, at one point uh, he's like, Oh, this is going to take a while, but we went right to commercial. And then uh, we came back. I'm like, oh, he, uh, Ryan and Dusty got this. Uh, I mean, we know that rule. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. show somebody struggling with something and you cut to commercial, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to solve it five seconds later. Yep. Uh, Ryan and Dusty get it. They guard team number three. And then it's like, uh, like that's all she wrote. Yep. The cat has lost all nine lives. Mm-hmm. The dog has its day. Yeah. Uh, and Arun and Natalia are finally gone. They're happy, though. I mean, as Arun said, like, he cried the first time he got eliminated. But he can't this time because they got so many chances when they really shouldn't have gotten one in a very different circumstance on the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to go back to Ryan and Dusty for a moment. Uh, they said that, you know, Phil was like, Oh, well, nobody wants to run with you guys. Uh, and, and what Dusty said, I believe uh, they came on the amazing race to drink beers and kick ass. And the cooler is empty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a stone called Steve Austin line. Well, I thought is the is the chew gum and kick ass stone called Steve Austin, or is the drink beers one that as well? Probably both. I mean, there's a lot of Monday Night Raws. He's, so he's, he's that, just doing his own like alternate that, takes yeah, on the same I mean, adage. I mean, they just send him out there, and he's got to like do like 20 minutes of uh you know on the mic on to open up a raw. Yeah, yeah I mean like, the, uh, the chew gum and kick ass thing is like a Rowdy Roddy Piper joke, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know, like was he doing his type five? Like what else? Uh, I'm here to, to kick ass and blink, and I'm all out of eyelashes, just going through a random mm-hmm. objects in the room to come up with future takes on that. Sure, sure. I, I'm here to kick ass and podcast, and I'm all out of hot takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, any final thoughts on Arun and Natalia and their run this season? Uh, the improbable Arun and Natalia. Super. Super nice people, not the best racers. I think they would admit that themselves, but I really like seeing them. Like yeah. sometimes it's just nice to see a relationship happen on the show. And so I was very happy to see them get their second chance, especially how freaking heartbroken they were when they were eliminated the first time, especially, especially yeah. Arun. So as improbable as it was to have them get to the final four, I'm very happy that the, these final three teams made it to the end the way that they did. Well, I can still appreciate you yeah. know, what they brought to the screen. Well, when I talked to Arun and Natalia, I asked them about playing again, and they and they felt like that they were right there, and they felt like that you know had a couple of bounces gone their way. They felt like that the self driving was like a big uh, detriment to their game. I think that they felt like uh, they would have been much better off had it been all like take taxis. Uh, that would have like really eliminated the worst part of their game. I think also you know I, I think that uh, for. Arun uh, felt like that, you know, if uh, that if the if the race went through India, which they were not able to do uh, because of the travel uh, circumstances, that that would have been an advantage that uh, they weren't able to uh, take advantage of. So uh, they're ready to come back. I think they'd be in the mix for an all star season because I think you have 
if you're trying to cast all stars, you have a bunch of young couples, you have a bunch of like super fit guys that win all the legs. You have a bunch of don't underestimate us because we're pretty girls. Parent child teams, they all seem to go out at the beginning or last a really long time. And Mm -hmm. I think these two have the combination of like having gone far and having an interesting relationship and being great TV. Mm -hmm. So I would cast them for my all-star season for sure. Yeah. They're really fun. Uh, So hope uh, we can see and hear more from Arun and Natalia. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk about the back half of the two-hour finale where we... The uh, backhand, if you will. The backhand. The backhand. Fault. Yes, uh, where we are going to uh, head back to Los Angeles. And so in this leg, uh, we are going to hop on board uh, the uh, amazing race uh, jetliner one more time. Uh, And yeah, let's let's uh, uh, see if we can listen in on Phil and his uh, introduction of the teams onto the jetliner destination. Los Angeles, California. Good morning, Amazing Racers. Welcome aboard Amazing Race Flight 1 to your final destination, Los Angeles, California. Please make sure that you have stowed your backpacks in the overhead lockers or in the seats in front of you. In the unlikely event of an emergency, read your clue. It's in the little thing in the front there. I'm just kidding, guys. It's the, it's, it's the emergency thing. Do you know 100% this was a Phil idea, right? He's like, I got oh, yeah. a great idea of how to razz him. I will I'll do you one better, Mike. I bet Phil did this on literally every time they got on the plane. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, I called the Bureau of ATF. and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, this is not the first time that Phil Cohen has done an airline safety spiel. Yes. There, is there it- was like, about a decade ago, I think. There was a um, New Zealand Airlines uh, hmm. safety video that starred Richard Simmons, and it was kind of a publicity what? stunt. They found Richard him? Simmons? Yep. Air New Zealand, that was the airline. And Richard Simmons did their safety video, and Phil was in it in, like, 80s garb, popping his eyebrow. What? I mean, is this a Mad Lib? This what? is not a Mad Lib. I'm going to send it to you. All right. Next time, Tough as Nails Season 4. We're getting Phil on the line specifically to ask him. What was it like filming this airline commercial with Richard Simmons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, if we are going to have a tough as nails recap with Phil, where we get to show him embarrassing YouTube clips of himself and make him explain himself, I can supply many. 
Okay. Yeah, I want this to be the version of Jeff Probst going on to Jimmy Fallon and, star- and you know, showing that cringy demo reel of him strutting down Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, keep our fingers crossed uh, for Tough as Nails season four to come back soon. Okay. Yep, and um, I, I dropped you the YouTube link so you can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'm okay. looking now. So, so, I mean, was the joke that they were Should we look at it now? In- I, I don't know how long it is, and I don't remember where Phil it's, it's, is. It's, oh, okay. It's three and a half minutes. I'm scrubbing through it right now. Okay. Um, I mean, oh, well, I do you him. think the listeners will be upset with us, or will they be upset with us if we don't do it? You can go right now. It's at a, I, have, I have a time. Yeah. Date. Okay. So here, let me. I'll share my screen and see if this is a if this is a real thing or not, or if this is just an urban legend uh, that Jess is propagating online. Okay. So I believe uh, I've scrubbed past the Richard Simmons part, but I believe if you start around like. Uh, or a rune like one you yada yada the best part mike uh well listen uh no phil is the bisque uh so i think if you start around like a minute 20 that's where phil should pop up and he is i think 80s garb is being ra- a rather liberal description of what he's wearing because it just seems to me like he's okay. dressed in gym clothes all right i'm gonna let's why don't we start back around a minute if you say phil is coming in in 20 seconds just to get a little bit of uh the the, the vibe here. Okay. All right. So uh, here we go. And this is just, what is this a commercial for? Air this, New Zealand. It's their safety video, I believe. Okay. M- Mile High Madness with Richard Simmons. Okay. Why did they get Richard Simmons? Worry if the bag's feeling a little flat, the oxygen will flow automatically. Okay. Now for the recommended brace positions. If there's an emergency during takeoff or landing, if you could reach, just lean and brace on the seat in front of you. Or this is one of my favorites. It's called the duck. Flat feet, elbows outside your thighs, hands on your head, there's and Phil. duck on down. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna need the gif. We're gonna need the gif, everybody. Okay. I okay. See, I, I for a second I was worried that I had undersold that because Phil looked like he was completely phoning it in. Yep. Okay. He was not phoning. Not phoning it in. Uh, For people that are listening to the podcast version, not watching us on YouTube, uh, Mike, could you uh, give us the play-by-play? Uh, I mean, yeah, Rob, if you can, want to replay it, you can put it on mute and like maybe quarter speed it. I can try to okay. give my best John Madden here. May he rest in peace. You got uh, it. Okay. Quarter, yeah. so, quarter speed. So I should mention here again, Phil, again, I would not say he's wearing 80s clothes. He's wearing just like a regular blue t-shirt, uh, but everyone's trying to do the duck, uh, the put your head between your knees. Phil's like having none of that S. He's looking at them and then he looks back at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, pops that trademark eyebrow. And then before he goes into the duck and cover, then we have a bit of a cutaway, like the middle of an Austin Powers movie, where Phil is doing some sort of running man, <laughs> does a mug to the camera while wearing a yellow sweatband. Uh, then he's doing, I don't know, Crouching Tiger, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. And then he's attempting to do like he's possessed by some sort of spirit, or maybe that's an attempt to be the wave. And I think he was about to go into another version of the running man, and they blissfully cut him off. <laughs> they cut him off. Mike, can we do an out without play out list that's like just embarrassing Phil Kogan YouTube videos? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I mean, how big of a list do you want? That is amazing. Thank you, Jess, you for uncovering yeah. that treasure trove. I don't know when the next time we'll be able to talk an amazing race season is, so this will tie us over in the interim. Yeah. And honestly, I, I worry about maybe we shouldn't do this because we do have a pretty good relationship with Phil. Yeah. And I don't want to jeopardize it. Yeah. Like when uh, Bryson Wendell went on the uh, the twelve for twelve and uh, went through all of uh, my different looks over the years. <laughs> okay, all right, we should still take that down. All right, uh, 
let's uh, talk about that. Okay, so the teams are going to go to Los Angeles. Uh, we didn't get the teams on American soil all together really at all during this amazing race. They all left separately, uh, went to uh, London to start off the race. But now here we go. We're going to get them uh, on the ground in Los Angeles and uh, we're going to send them to downtown Los Angeles and have a task uh, that involves uh, figuring out a code uh, at a uh, downtown Los Angeles office building. Uh, no, it's a, it's the Westin. It's the hotel hotel. Uh, yeah. So there's, it's essentially like a central, it looks like a molecule, right? Where there's like a central hub and then there are four towers. And then essentially on three of the towers, there was a lock box with a code lock on it. Box. Exactly. Uh, and so the, the code for the lockbox was apparently found. I was confused at first because I thought it was you get in the elevator. I was totally Team Ryan and Dusty of like going up and down. Okay, you get in the elevator. No, you had to stand, I think, from the vantage point of the roof to see the elevators who apparently had like little placards with the code written on them mm-hmm. going up and down. And that's what two teams were able to figure out. And poor Ryan and Dusty essentially got Afghanimaled where they fell out of it real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when you're uh, out of the uh, finale of the amazing race, really before the first commercial break, that's when you're Afghanimal. Yeah. Or we could say like Tyler and Corey 1.0, but I think they made up for that in the second time around, but we can mm-hmm. officially call it Afghanimal. Yeah, boy, they're getting closer though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just glad nobody did. Uh, I mean, Ryan and Dusty arguably a little bit, but I think they still could have pulled it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, yeah, Ryan and Dusty, this was, uh, they were just, like, all over the place. They really just, like, never got out of the starting gate. Yeah, that's fair. Unfortunately. Um, It it seems strange, and maybe it's just because we got the answer to the clue while Phil was explaining it. It seemed weird to me that people had this much trouble with it. Like, what goes up and down? What can you see going up and down? Hmm. Uh, The stock market. America round. Crypto. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Things you throw up in the air, they go down. Yeah, there you go. Maybe they just sort of throwing things in the air. Yeah. To get the number out of it. If I throw the clue box in the air, will it come down on the lock and break it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the solution. That's mm-hmm. an out-of-the-box solution. Yeah. Okay. Again, we should have multiple paths to getting the answer. All right. So for the other teams, uh, they're going to uh, figure it out more quickly. And so for uh, everybody else, they're going to head down to go uh, have uh, break some pinatas. Uh, now, where was this? Uh, at El Pueblo de Los Angeles Historical Monument. Historical Monument. Uh, one of your old haunts, Rob? You know what? Uh, that I feel like that since I've left Los Angeles, I said like, oh, I wish I would, you know, I, I got to go there. I got to go there. I feel like that I didn't, I didn't really take advantage of my 14 years there. Uh, but now I have like a list of things I want to do. Smash some, some pinatas at El Pueblo de Los Angeles. I was watching this with my son this morning, uh, and he now has uh, requested the taco pinata for his birthday party. <laughs> I love the taco pinata. Mm-hmm. Taco pinata seemed by far the hardest one to break open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is ironic because a taco is very easily broken open. If you hit an actual taco with a stick, you would break it. Smash right away, it to a right? million pieces. Right. Instantly. <laughs> Instantly. Honestly, I if I was designing a task around a taco pinata, why aren't there actual tacos in it? Wow, would they be wrapped tacos? Sure, uh, why not? But as soon as you hit it, I think that's immaterial. You're just going to have taco stuff all over the place. Yeah, it's like yeah, and then then, then, 
but then that's like a bunch of birds are going to start flocking everywhere. And then Dusty's going to get confused. He's going to start to want to bring the birds to your doorstep. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a real difficult decision. I don't know. I kind of love this just for the randomness of it. And then it also became partially a survivor blindfold challenge where specifically the institution of the luchador blindfold mask, I thought mm-hmm. was particularly inspired. This is basically, they wanted to do this. They wanted to do this task in Mexico because they'd Googled all this stuff about Mexico. They had tacos, pinatas, luchador masks, and you know, it was just not practical to travel there. So they're like, okay, well, we know all this stuff about Mexico. It can't go to waste. Mm-hmm. We yeah. know three things about Mexico. So, yeah, the teams had to go and uh, find the piñatas. Uh, Raquel and Kayla are going to get out of here first. Uh, and this did feel like it was a little getting dire for Penn and Kim. Well, specifically because it looks like, much like the last roadblock, they couldn't leave the little plaza that they were standing on, the callers. And poor Kim uh, is definitely not of the same height as her husband and just didn't see that little donkey just chilling up there making waffles in the corner. Mm-hmm. And so she had to like get down on her belly and crawl around and be like, oh yeah, the little donkey's up there. I do wonder if Penn's height, could he have just like plucked the pinata down and then busted it open? Hmm. I'm guessing you're supposed to touch it with the stick only until it hits the ground. Yeah, that's a little bit of the uh, Arun jumping out of the boat. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, Penn, Penn was able to jump up and grab the clue last time for the tree. Mm-hmm. Fair. That's true. Uh, I think the idea was that you have to, uh, you know, stick the pinata. Yeah, for sure. And it's one of those things like if you do knock part of it on the ground and the clue is in that part, I think you can then touch it with your hand. Mm-hmm. But it's this sort of this is getting into MMA territory. Like mm-hmm. once you're on the ground, there's different rules. Ground and pound. Sure. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tate would have kicked butt at this. Mm-hmm. Totally. OK, so. We get to uh, the Foley task. All right. Head to Sir. Uh, and then from there, uh, we're going to work on Foley. Was this a little too, uh, you know, uh, inside? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what was the giant inflatable ball uh, that oh. the, yeah, uh, that like they the were in. The bulls. Yeah. Inside uh, baseball. Inside mm. baseball. Um, that to get into sound. Because I think then... Um, like I was watching with my son who was confused and, and he said, uh, dad, they do this on the amazing race. I'm like, well, no, I don't think that they really do this for the episodes of the amazing race, but I guess they could, if it was a movie. Hey, I think they do. I think they insert a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they, I think I would be surprised if like what percentage of movies and TV shows do not use Foley just because as advanced as our sound equipment is, I would imagine we want to produce something that's a bit more like you can control the sound effects. So I would imagine a lot of reality TV shows have I think ADR that they probably Foley. do like like sound effects of of different things. Um but I don't think that they do that many practical Foley effects on uh reality shows. I would guess like if they're do- trying to heighten the drama of a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, say someone falls on their butt in the middle of a challenge, they're going to definitely want that noise to be louder than the boom may have picked up mm-hmm. and things like that. And also, I think actually the inflatable bulls, I wouldn't go so far as to call it an iconic moment, but that is a great example of that. Like adding those bouncing noises and amplifying that noise mm-hmm. definitely 
adds something to the experience of watching yeah. it. Like you I, want that noise to be bam, bam, bam. Yeah, I definitely feel like they have sound effects. I, I just say like in terms of like the practical, like uh, somebody like uh, like there's nobody like with the like uh, like the wind chimes that's that's giving you. <laughs> Like they, they just have that. Oh that no, sound oh, no, no, no. Yeah. They're, they're cheapo depots. They yeah. recorded that years ago and they're just yeah. repurposing that. Yeah. But no, more so when it comes to like things that happen, quote unquote, in the field, I can imagine that. Now, look, are they using things you find in your shed to, to make them? Probably not, but they wanted to simplify the job here. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be surprised how much stuff they take out of a random shed to make this stuff. <laughs> but this brings me to the point of, I really feel like next season, I want there to be a guy off camera with the symbol. And every time you do something wrong, they do that live. Mm-hmm. I think that would add a lot. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, that could be that could be the task judge, really. Like, you don't even need a judge. You just look to them and they give you like the, the symbol. If you got to write or like the whap, whap. Yeah, to get it wrong. I mean, yeah. honestly, I volunteered to do that job. I didn't will we totally have that in uh, uh, last season uh, when they were in South America, right? Yeah, it was when they were doing the they were assembling the trucks, right? And wasn't there like a guy? No, maybe it was more. And maybe it was something in that in that challenge in Colombia was like when they had someone up playing the trombone, you're like a <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 yeah. blah. Oh, the, the circus task. Yeah. That's what it was. Yes, the circus test with them walking across the tightrope. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you could have that. And then uh, Penn could be like, all right, can we give it up for the sound effects, guys? Are they doing a great job or what? Well, that's how we know we didn't have those lines mm-hmm. because we didn't have Penn pointing them out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was meta AF, but it only makes sense for a Foley challenge to close your mouth, open your ears and watch what happens. <laughs> yeah. All right. Was this uh, easy to follow along how they were doing? Um, well, yeah, actually, yes, Rob, I'll point out maybe my favorite shot in the whole finale. You know how I hate it when they try to pretend that people are closer together than they than they think. Mm-hmm. Um like where they'll show somebody and then they'll show somebody that was clearly like an hour later and you try to they try to pretend they're in the same vicinity Mm -hmm. we know they were in the same vicinity and i was all set to cynically believe no this is just like kayla and raquel are running away with it until we see them get out at the sound effects place and then kim and pen pull up right behind them and they get out they're like oh there's kayla and raquel that was i was like now i know we've got a race Mm -hmm. now i'm excited yeah there was a fun moment where you know raquel's like are, uh, like, I don't, are the Kim and Penn here? I don't hear them. And, and Kayla's like, it's a soundproof room, which would also make sense for Foley purposes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and the door is closed. Right. Yeah. yeah, from other Foley work would completely ruin the job. Right. Which also makes this a brilliant challenge because you have no idea. If, if someone else is there, you have no idea if they got out in 10 minutes or if they're going to be there for an hour. Okay. Justin, Mike, can you ID uh, all of the clips uh, that were that we saw? Um, well, season 24, Inflatable Bulls. Yes, which, yeah, I'm surprised that that was a, a top five moment from The Amazing Race from season 24. Yeah, they're still trying to pretend season 24 happened. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if it's less so iconic and more so sound effect inducing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the real reason. That It's fun. You, it's an easily foliable moment. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more like not necessarily objectively iconic, but... Um, iconic in terms of foley moments like yeah. great sound effect moments okay i'm surprised i'm surprised i didn't have to foley in dave complaining about being u-turned because he's old <laughs> yeah 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So that was one. All right. Yeah. We had um, pie in the face. Pie in the face is um, season 14. Maybe I thought at first it because I thought at first it was uh, season thirty two. It wasn't when they last did, season, right? No, it wasn't last season. Last. last season was the cake that they had to like run over themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's the one where they had to. Is that the same one where they had to hand whip all that cream? Mm-hmm. Yes, and then they had to eventually because then everyone was throwing pies at each other. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, Wikipedia says that was season fourteen. Yeah, and it okay. was Amanda and Chris, which was one of those teams that like everybody's trying to make them happen, and mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you a single thing they did. Mm-hmm. Your prototypical young, boring dating couple yeah. from like the mid aughts of uh, Amazing Race. In yes. fact, there were two different couples named Chris and Amanda. I'm not making that up. Mm-hmm. Love Chris and Amanda's. Yeah, Cremandas. Yeah, Cremandas. Um, yeah, and of course we have Cremandas. This the actually iconic watermelon. Okay. The mm-hmm. actually iconic ox and the actually iconic hay bales. Yeah. Yeah, the hay bales. Uh, really nice on our part talking invoking that last week, and mm-hmm. now we get to see it here. Yep. Again, things we manifest. Yeah. Okay. So they had a couple of uh, decent ones, and then uh, we need to fill out the Foley uh, Five. Foley Five. Yeah. The Foley Five greatest moments of the greatest sounds of the Amazing Race. Yeah, but there. This was fun, but actually, I think the more we got into it, the less interesting it was. To mm-hmm. be completely honest, uh, to your question, Rob, about like, was it easily trackable? I don't know because I don't remember what sound effects were supposed to be used, mm-hmm. right? Like we saw it briefly. The watermelon obviously had the 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 sound you could easily associate, right? The like sling forward and then the hit back. But like my ox is broken. Okay, you're doing what? Colin wiping the mud off of his arms and yeah. the whipping sound. You should have like, to also do his voice. Like uh, my ox is broken. Like I wanted the my line ox reading. Is broken. This is BS. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody has should the other person should have to bleep the profanity. Yeah, that should be good. That's perfect. You're like uh, how the late Bob Saget used to narrate America's funniest <laughs> home videos. Like, oh, yep. I'm Claire. I'm gonna sling a watermelon here. Oh, I got hit in the face. <laughs> my ox is broken. Yeah. <laughs> That would be great. All right. I mean, they were getting dinged for talking while they were foleying. No, yeah, no talking. All right. No talking. So, all right. So Raquel and Kayla get out first. Okay. But they ask for directions from uh, a guy in the parking lot. And then Penn and Kim uh, quickly, that's like, oh, let's ask the same guy for directions. Uh, Raquel is trying to mouth to this guy. Don't tell them. That always What if he did it? (laughs) Like, what incentive does this guy have? Yeah. Being a jerk? Yeah. Like, hey. Like, uh, I don't want any part of your drama, ma'am. Yeah, I mean, all this does is, like, maybe you're on the show for 30 more seconds being a dick. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know. If, if they had offered him, like, $50,000, do you think he would have done it? Um, well, $50, it's payable on delivery. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like we're going to, it's going to be, like, another four months before we get the million-dollar check. And- mm-hmm. That is true. Let me get your information, sir. I will PayPal you $50,000. Yeah, but, but they, I don't think they knew that uh, Penn and Kim were coming out. So that's sort of like, hey, yeah. I'm in a race for, uh, uh, around the world. If you know the information that, like, uh, that I'm about to tell you, I will give you $50,000 if I win this race. Like, do you understand? Like, do not give it to anybody else. That wastes a lot of time, too. And I feel yeah. Like- <laughs> and also, I think incentivize. This is like uh, why we don't torture for information where I feel like I, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to try now. Yeah. The guy yeah. Would be like, wait, I don't negotiate with terrorists. I'm not giving you directions either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do know. I'm not telling. OK. Yeah. Or he just like as soon as they make that offer, he turns around and he doesn't give them the directions, but he gives them to Kim and Penn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So. We are going to go to the uh, go to the home of the L.A. Galaxy. 
I didn't get to take Rob, in any LA Galaxy games when I was, I was in Los say, Angeles. Uh, you never you went know, to you, Dignity you, Health Sports Park? Mm-hmm. Were you not a Beckham guy? No. Did, was, did he play for the Galaxy? That was when he came over? Yeah. Dignity Health Sports Park. See, I thought that maybe they played at SoFi, uh, but no. Uh, they got they, their own. Yeah, they have their own. I also loved, unfortunately, poor Ryan and Destiny are like, great, we're going there. It's going to be a soccer challenge. We're going to beast this. Nope, you are technically doing a tennis-themed challenge within the soccer, the soccer stadium. Yeah, which was a little wild. Well, I think they do other things at the soccer stadium. Right. Like, but it wasn't like I they were like, going like the U.S. Open or something like that. I, I saying, feel like somebody... Open happen? It happens here. Mike. Yeah, it happens in, in Queens. In Queens. I don't know. I don't go to. I'm. I'm from Connecticut. I've taken in enough tennis in my lifetime. Yes. Okay. I. I bleed yellow fleece. Yes. I'm Mike Bloom. That I know every uh, minute fact about every other thing. This is my blind okay? spot. Yeah. I don't know if I go on to Jeopardy. And I swear to God, the answer is U.S. Open locations. <laughs> Kiss that money goodbye. I'm yeah. so sorry, Mayim. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it looks like that the uh, Dignity Health Sports Park is in uh, uh, South L.A., uh, like I guess closer to like to uh, like Orange County, Long Beach. I mean, do we need to pull up the map and have a long conversation about which freeway you take to get there? So I get, understand get that's something the, LA people yeah, do. Yeah, just get on, get on the, the, 405. the 405. Is that the impression of that guy that gave them directions? <laughs> just get yeah. out of here. Get out of here, Kayla. <laughs> Raquel. Raquel, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Dignity Health Sports Park, site of our uh, final task, and the teams had to match things up. Okay, uh, this was an interesting challenge, and uh, I wanted to play along at home, uh, but I was struggling with keeping up with what they were doing and answering the questions. I don't know how somebody did this, but on the Wikipedia page for Amazing Race 33, there is currently the entire list of oh. all the questions mm-hmm. and what the answers were. Okay, let's take let's take a look at that. Okay, so it's, the it's uh, Amazing Race wiki or the uh, wait, yeah. actual Wikipedia the project? Wikipedia, Wikipedia page here, I'll the drop you the link. Now, it's interesting because there were, and this is where it becomes multifaceted, is that there were obviously answers to the questions, but then there were sort of like answers within the answers. Right. You know, if the answer was, hey, he greeted you, uh, you know, he uh, pointed you to, to the pit stop and that was Napoleon. Then it would, there were two pictures of Napoleon, right? One with a big hat and one with a small hat. And so there was even answers within those answers. Mm-hmm. of, OK, it's Napoleon. But which one's the right Napoleon? Yeah. Which is why Kim's studying paid off so well and that she did caricatures, I suppose, of the people that she ran into. So they remembered big hat Napoleon. Yeah. So some of these are, I mean, like, uh, you took this to number 10. I don't even know what that means. Is that leg 10? I think it was the pier that you had to go to. I mean, again, these are not, so these are not questions where we get to play along with. You you would not be able to play along with this, especially like they ask about candy here. I did not even notice until like they cut back to Ryan and Dusty breaking their pinatas. I didn't even notice that candy was falling out of these things. Like, there certainly wasn't a cascade of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, it was also hard to follow along with, uh, you know, who had what wrong and how they're going to figure things out. And as we said with Raquel and Kayla, uh, the co- the shape of the coin, Mike, uh, were teams supposed to, like, uh, like uh, you know, get, like, a uh, real, like, uh, memory of uh, the coin before they handed it off to the Oracle of Delphi? 
I mean, it could be either way where that thing is burned in their retinas as to the stupid coin that they were looking for. But to your point, I think it was much more likely get this stupid thing yeah. out of my sight. I want to see a, this ever again. I think you could say like burned in their hand, like Raiders of the Lost Ark of if it was hot enough on the pavement that day, if you had the branding on your hand. Are you talking no, about the doorknob in Home Alone? Uh, that was both. Both places. Oh. Both uh, both movies had that. Do you think Kevin McAllister painted the doorknob? And that's why the wet bandits got mm-hmm. paint on their hands. Mm-hmm. They painted mm. it red. Yes, they didn't know it was red hot. Ryan and Dusty as the wet bandits. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Would they be good? Well, first off, look, Ryan uh, and the wet bandits. uh, Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. There's Um, one crucial difference there, Rob. Yes. Yes. Big difference. Big difference for sure. But I'm just imagining Dusty. I'm imagining Joe Pesci now roaring like a lion a la Dusty. And now I need to see this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see this. Yeah. Somebody make us the deep fake. You got a dead ass buddy here. <laughs> yeah, uh, both teams had you know both. Uh, <laughs> now I'm imagining Marvin Harry and the Amazing Race. Uh, who do you think would yeah. do the majority of the roadblocks? Mar- uh, well, now Harry is Joe Pesci. Okay, Harry would make Marv do a lot of the yeah. roadblocks. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like get in the rowboat, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Marv and Harry, they are a team of. <laughs> Cat burglars turned uh, straight. You know, I think they're good at like climbing up things and like sure, uh, sure. getting into small places. Cracking safes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they would have a skill set, I think. Got the zip lining task. Like zip lining. Zip line. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Just no, just no kids at the pit stop. They no kids. They'll, they'll, they'll they be triggered. Yeah. They don't do anything with kids. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, we're following along, and then eventually uh, Penn and Kim get it. Yeah. Again, like, I really give kudos to Kim here because this has become a meme right within the Amazing Race podcasting, Jess. You have been driven up the wall, up the painted door by people saying, oh, is this the memory test? Is this the memory test? Insert butterfly meme here. Uh, So good on Kim for really casting a wide, yet very specific net of being like, I have a feeling it's going to be maybe everything. I haven't seen any mm-hmm. patterns yet. Though Penn did believe it was going to be about stairs because apparently they climbed a good number of stairs throughout their time in the Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. How would you do that? <laughs> what it, would it, that look like? It could be a like match up the number of stairs with the place you were at. Oh. That's evil and boring. <laughs> I want evil and interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The worst kind of evil, the boring evil. Mm-hmm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, Penn and Kim, they head, head to the home of the LA Galaxy, and, and they do it. Uh, it was a fun moment at the finish line where Kim is like, okay, well, you're not going to say we're, we didn't, we have a penalty or anything like that? Yeah, well, I could see, the, they're chronic overthinkers, both of them. Mm-hmm. I could see them feeling like, this can't be it. This isn't the actual end of the race. What else is happening? It's feel going to make us do some math or something. Mm-hmm. So, and on that note, actually, speaking of uh, the team that did have to turn back and got a penalty, Kim and Penn uh, are some stat bringers here. So overall, according to Amazing Race Reddit, they are currently a fifth highest average racing record amongst all teams and third of winners behind Rachel and Dave and Megan and Shane from season 15. So again, for uh, them sort of sneaking up on some of us expectations-wise, they end up making the podium for all-time performances by a winning team on The Amazing Race. Wow. And honestly, if your name is Kim and you're in your 40s, I like your odds on The Amazing Race. 
Interesting. Yes, we should also mention as well, uh, they mentioned this briefly in like their little dramatic buildups to the final leg. They are, I believe, have the oldest average age for a winning team on the Amazing Race US, just edging out Chip and Kim. Uh, I believe Penn was 47 and Kim was 45 and they were 46 and 44. So they are, you know, Dave still has the record for oldest person to win mm-hmm. the Amazing Race, but they are still by like cumulative and average age, the oldest team to win yeah. as of 33 season. Ryan and Dusty said about uh, Penn and Kim, like, oh, congratulations on being uh, the oldest team to win the Amazing Race. Uh, was that a, a, a dig? Um. I don't know if it's a dig. Yeah. I felt like, uh, Mike, was that a little bit like Misha on uh, Celebrity Big Brother? Talking about like, oh, you know, uh, you know, it's so great to be here with all of you that are older than me. Oh, yeah. The old Mariah Nagasu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, Sorry, I'm Mariah, Mariah. More of a forehanded compliment than a mm-hmm. backhanded compliment mm-hmm. if we're using tennis jargon. Uh, I, I do think... Dusty, there there might be a clip that I play in the tar pit of Dusty was maybe not in the best headspace at the finish line, might have messed up his words. So if I think he did mean to imply like, oh, well, congratulations for being so old and winning the amazing race. I do not know if that was the intention. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Congratulations to Raquel and Kayla. They come in second. They were right there. Tough break for them because uh, if they were on like um, almost any other season, they win. Mm hmm. I mean, and what screwed them up was not only the coin, but something from this very leg. They pulled the old Survivor 41, where they did a flashback to that leg. One of the pictures was of the candy from the pinata. And because, and Raquel and Kayla admitted this to me in in their exit interview, that like, they weren't paying attention to the candy. They were just freaking out trying to get the pieces of the clues. So when they had these pictures, they're like, I don't know. I guess it would look like regular candy instead of the red and yellow candy that it apparently was. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the person who would notice the candy was wearing a freaking blindfold. <laughs> That's that. true. That's true. Yeah. You're not gonna take off was the that evil and boring like, or evil and interesting? No, this was evil and interesting. Okay. But I feel like I'm doing pinatas. The first thing I'm going to do when I take off the blindfold after I get the clue, I'm going to scoop up the candy. Mm-hmm. This is, that was also a lame clue. I'm reading back like the little questions right now. Riddles. It fell out as well is the clue for the candy. It Ew. fell out as well. Um, and it, like, well, what else fell out? Did something else fall out? Was that was one of the clues like this fell out. The clue no, fell out. The clue fell out. This is just implying like none of them. They don't connect. It's just more so, hey, you know, you found this under a rock. Uh, you painted this. It's plated correctly for the Domades, but that I think the most awkward one is it fell out as well, which maybe implies this might have been added at the last second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We did a couple of, uh, you know, with all the Mexico stuff, they had a few pictures of the candy that they might have gotten. It is interesting, I believe, because I think actually we did also did get a question of like, are they going to do a memory challenge considering the blip but i'm very i'm fairly sure that no pre-blip stuff was in any of the clues yeah there's no pre-blip stuff yeah there might have been pre-blip stuff on the rackets but there's this is all these clues are pointing to post blip mm-hmm. yeah so should they have had like one thing like uh like uh he he works in the subway <laughs> no not Gigi Ben. <laughs> he couldn't find his trousers <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, and not every team uh, did that deep <laughs> side of the detour, but they could have had something. No? I mean, what was there? There was, like, you could build a bagpipe. That was one of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, he had snacks with the queen. It also, it feels like some of this might have been somewhat personalized to what they... Oh! Like, mm-hmm. I think there was a point where 
Kim was trying to pull the right rowboat. And I think I heard her say something about we didn't take Vasco da Gama. Oh, that, well, no, I think I don't know if it was personalized. I think that's where they got screwed up, as I would imagine, like there were two or maybe there were multiple things that are like, oh, did we choose the wrong rowboat? I think it was yeah. ultimately fine. That'd be super meticulous. So they're like, let's pick the very specific rowboat that they each chose to take. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them was the door. Like, you probably want their door. Yeah, but right. Kill and Killa did. They did end up hanging the one that they painted right so i don't know maybe you have a good point jess now the more that i think about it maybe it was personalized Mm -hmm. which i love that if so because then you can rely on like detours you can you can yeah yes like uh so with the fish coming yeah yes yes Yes. that would be a great clue you can and you will yeah you can yes this yeah okay see maze race 33 it's a thing that happened. Any other I mean, thoughts? I mean, Kim and Penn, like, they're an awesome team to win for many yeah. reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were really great characters. And I know, again, there was a lot of trepidation with YouTubers coming on. I think, to be candid, I think Megan and Joey set a trend initially of, like, what YouTubers are. But I think between, like, Tyler and Corey and, uh, and Kim and Penn as well, like, the earnestness but still energy that they brought, I absolutely loved. And... I really love their story. Like we didn't even focus on that, that Kim's enti- the entire storyline, right. was like Kim saying, I just don't want to disappoint Penn, her own anxiety. I'm doing the best I can. And Penn even points this out at the end. Kim is the one who saves the day. Yeah. Kim is the one that's like, because I she was so anxious because she took such meticulous notes because she was overly preparing for something at the end. It prepared them to pass Raquel and Kayla. Like she was able to weaponize essentially what might have been something to her detriment. And like, that's just a really cool theme. And so I, I love that story and just what they represented in addition to like the entire Holderness family of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it felt like, ironically, you get these people that are very like their YouTube personalities and they bring something into the race that I think is more real than we've seen on many seasons of the amazing race. Like really through them, we got this, feeling of like what of that mental and emotional toll that the show can take on you and how you cope with it. And I also love that on two different teams, we had a preconceived notion of like who the star of the team was and we were wrong. Like I was sure because Penn is kind of the front man in most Mm -hmm. of their videos. I was sure this was going to be all about like Penn's ADHD and how it works for him and how it works against him. And it turned out that Kim was the one that really went on the emotional journey and really kind of rocked the challenge and, brought home the million dollars mm-hmm. and then we also have ryan and dusty we assumed like dusty was the friend that ryan had to bring along because you have to have two people on a team and dusty turned out to be like the the secret gem maybe the most gem. interesting person yeah yeah did you did you guys end up getting the origin story behind how ryan and dusty ended up on the race no no so ryan was originally supposed to be on with his dad but his dad got an injury in 2020 and so Dusty ended up just like getting the call almost like before they took off and decided to get on there. So imagine the parallel universe where mm. Dusty is not a part of the Amazing Race 33. Uh, oh. With no offense to Ryan's dad, I don't want to see that universe. Yeah, I, I'm sure Darkest Ryan's timeline. Dad is, yeah. So, yeah, again, like when you get an Amazing Race season like this with a pandemic, with everything else that's going on in the world, we're not in the darkest timeline because this was fantastic. Yeah. And we got Dusty. So we got, yeah. Yeah. Lots of great uh, that, stuff. that explains a lot about how 
he came in so unprepared for it and came back like a beast. Mm-hmm. That explains a lot of that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very much like a beast at certain points. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, a friendly beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was much like Rob Schneider and the animal, just like, I don't know, injecting himself with animal DNA in between. <laughs> of course. All right. Well, <laughs> Dusty probably loves the animal. <laughs> I, I didn't get, you need a chance to ask him, but. Uh, we'll ask. We could ask him. We could ask him. Okay. Yeah, we'll ask him. All right. So. I guess we'll stop it here for today. Again, uh, check out our interviews with the top four teams also uh, on YouTube. Uh, if you want to, I'm sure you're watching the YouTube video now after we went back and looked at that Phil clip. So be sure to check that out and check out Mike's coverage over on parade.com. Uh, I do not think that this will be the last Amazing Race 33 coverage that we will bring you. Uh, we'll try to see what else we can work on for the future. And uh, if uh, some interesting things uh, develop, we'll let you know. Well, overall thoughts about the season? I mean, top tier, like maybe top five for me. Wow. Oh, wow. Loved it. Is that results oriented in terms no. of, yeah, no, not at all. It's like, it's everything. It's in terms of what did they have to overcome to bring us this season, this season and how they managed to make it exciting despite everything. And then this final leg is definitely a top, top five final leg. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would say, I mean, if we're doing like, you know, if I'm doing three tiers of 11, it's definitely going to be in that middle tier I would try to figure out where I really, really liked this group of teams, particularly like uh, I just think uh, like that top five. I guess we spent so much time with them, but like I really, really mm-hmm. enjoyed them. There is some weirdness admittedly that I, I can't necessarily get past in comparison to other seasons, like stuff that happened with the blip uh, or, you know, the fact that it did feel like a lot of legs did not have that much climacticism to them, uh, yeah. considering just like due to the self-driving, how far spread out things are. But I did not gripe that much considering I just had a lot of fun hanging out with <clears throat> yeah. hanging out with these people every week. Yeah, I agree. I don't keep Amazing Race season ranking. So I, I really like the group, especially, uh, you know, this uh, top half uh, that ended up uh, going deep into the race. But I just feel like in terms of the uh, season as a whole, I felt that like we were a little bit like dealing with like the manual transmission of just like a lot of like start and stop with the elimination every other week. And even even then, you know, uh, we brought back teams that were eliminated. I just felt like in terms of like uh, the, the season, I felt like struggled to keep momentum, especially with we're spending two legs in one place. So, I mean, they did the best that they could with all of the circumstances. So uh, but I, I just feel like in terms of an amazing race season, um, you know, it was more more vibes than necessarily uh, a great season. Yeah, I think you have to put an asterisk on it because I mean, think about this. Two years ago this time, I was thinking that's the last we've ever seen of the Amazing Race that's not coming back. It's dead. Mm-hmm. So it's just the fact that we're still getting in it. It looks like it's still yeah. alive and kicking and healthy for a long yeah. time to come, I think, is down to this cast and these challenges. Uh, and that I feel like I give it a little extra credit for that. Yeah, that's true. Because admittedly, the first three legs pre blip. I don't think any of us were actually very high on it, Mm -mm. right? We were like, what are they doing? The teams weren't incredibly sticking out. The task seemed a little boring and like a little simple. And so I will like give it up, Matt. Give it up for the crew. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, can we we get a shot of these guys? Yeah. 
Because what they were able to do, again, it wasn't perfect. We certainly have had our complaints about the leg design, even post-split. But like what they were able to do, and I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again, really invoked an old school atmosphere that I that had got me hooked on the Amazing Race in the, in the first place. Where again, you may not see that much changing places, but you're like spending time with these teams and you're doing fun, culturally relevant things around the world or in this case around Europe. So I can't complain too much. I had a lot of fun. And especially this group of final three teams. I loved I this might be one of my favorite final three teams in a while. Okay. All right. We'll leave it there. Jess, what's coming up for you? Um, what's coming up for me? Uh, we had some scheduling problems this week over on post show recaps. So uh, we are going to be Monday night. Uh, Josh Wiggler, Brooklyn Z and I are going to be get, getting together to talk about the first two episodes of killing Eve. And so far it is a very fun season. Um, very exciting stuff. And then Chappelle, AJ Mass, Josh Wiggler, and I talk about The Walking Dead every week. Um, and that is an interesting show. It is not the show that you yeeted out the window mm-hmm. three years ago, Rob. It yes. is a very different show now. And you wouldn't even recognize it, I think. Oh, my God. It's it's very bizarre. They have done an interesting pivot. Um, we're having a lot of fun talking about that. And then this weekend, Mike Bloom and I are hopefully going to find some time to talk about Season two of Picard, which is dropping today. Very curious to check that out. Yeah. It is out now. I might um I might actually after we hang up, I might go watch it. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on with me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh Jess, great job all season long. Uh and uh hope uh we can chat some more about the amazing race uh thirty-three soon. Mike Bloom, what's coming up for you? The power strip. Oh boy, serving up. Some stuff for you. Fault. All right. So uh, like like Rob mentioned, interviews up at parade.com. Uh, I believe right now at the time of recording this, I have Penn and Kim and Raquel and Kayla up. Uh, Dusty as well as Arun and Natalia should be up probably, I'd say, in the next 24 hours. Uh, my son got his tonsils out, so I am going to try to take care of him while posting these interviews. But that's all up at parade.com. If you're a celebrity Big Brother fan, I have those interviews up. And if you are a Survivor fan, starting next week, when the season starts, I'll be doing Exit Press for that as well. So just a constant stream of coverage of reality television. Of course, if you missed it as well, I have preseason interviews with all 18 contestants. I also did podcasts with you, Rob, where we reviewed those interviews and talked through the contestants. Those are all up in their various ways. If for some reason you haven't taken a look at this really interesting cast for Survivor 42, you have the avenues to do so. Then over on Post Show Recaps, uh, Jess mentioned Picard. Upload, uh, which I'm doing with Jess Sterling. We just announced coverage of that. That's an Amazon series that is coming out for season two next week. Um, We just are going to be releasing a season one recap podcast where we just recap the show that's to come remind everybody because it aired in May 2020 when things were very, very different before we jump into season two coverage coming then as well as lost and the x-files and then lastly jumping back to reality tv for a second i always have the pleasure of getting to jump on the line with shannon gus to talk international survivor it was merge week on australian survivor uh the fan base was not particularly happy but shannon and i had a really fun time talked for almost three and a half hours oh my god general shenanigans there's a lot to discuss there was a lot to pick apart about people's reception to stuff in general so we took it all apart. Essentially, TLDR, we come and we say, you don't need to worry. Things are going to be okay. That's our thesis statement of the podcast. So come I, in. I and, need and more of that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I've got 
for now, in addition to probably some other stuff that's going to spring up. But all of that can be found pumped out on occasion and pimped out at a Mike Bloom type as I am doing Pumping my Pumping and pimping. Yeah, t- row and toe, pump and pimp. Come on, mm-hmm. Phil. These are our detour ideas for next season. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, great job as well, uh, Mike Bloom here all season long. Of course, on uh, Robin's podcast, we're still pumping and pimping uh, on a bunch of your favorite shows. Survivor, Big Brother Canada, Joe Millionaire, 90 Day Fiance, and much more. All at Rob'sWebsite.com. Uh, subscribe to both uh, Rob's Podcast and Reality TV Rehap Ops. Click Rob'sWebsite.com slash subscribe to get links for everything we're doing. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.